This is Hannah Hassler, the host of Rorschach, Your Reality. I am so glad that you're joining me today on the podcast, and I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Rorschach, Your Reality, on the web, www.rorschachyourreality.com, and on Facebook, Rorschach, Your Reality. You'll find I have a page as well as an insiders group feel free to join the insiders group and see what I'm posting over there. I do more video content as well as some articles and updates on the podcast, of course. Let's go ahead and get started. Our guest today is Sarah Fox. She's joining us from Nevada, and I'm really excited to have a chance to talk with her today. Uh, Sarah, let's go ahead and start by you just telling us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, my name is Sarah Box, and what I do is I'm a coach and consultant is like the short answer. Who I am is someone who really loves to find the potential either in situations or people, find the possibilities that often are camouflaged as problems or challenges and then just um, kind of five innovative ways of moving around those so that either a situation or a person can achieve the goals that they're after. I live in Nevada as you mentioned and I'm actually from California. I came here many many years ago a few decades ago and as I said before we started, I just heard the first thunderstorm, and in the summer, Nevada gets thunderstorms, so this should be an interesting thing, but Hannah, what I wanted to do was to even just say thank you. I've been looking forward to being on your show because I like your energy and the way that you approach um, both your podcast guests, but also your approach at your work, so I just wanted to say thank you up front. I feel privileged to be here. Oh, you're welcome. I feel so privileged to have you here as well. So uh, mutually beneficial. Love when it works out that way. (laughs) Um, Sarah, when I was looking into you a little bit at your social media and your website and and kind of your online presence, I saw that you say you are a matchmaker at heart. I would love to hear more about that. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, As I talked about, it's like I like figuring out how things fit together. But one of the things I learned early, early on, and you know it it reflectively looking back, but you don't actually know it at the moment. It's just how you are. But when I was in kindergarten, I have a vivid memory of knowing that um, this boy who was in my same grade, but I kind of had a crush on him, but I also knew he had a crush on this other girl. So I thought, okay. And so we had this like cool little courtyard in the kindergarten area with bamboo and stuff. So I made the behind the bamboo area where we would play hide and seek and stuff. I made that like a temporary little meeting place. And first I, well, first I talked to her. Her name was Lisa. I I still remember her perfectly in my head. She was really nice. And I I said, did you know so-and-so likes you? And she goes, I kind of like you. I'm kind of nervous. So then I told him the same thing. And then I said, just wait here. And then... They, you know, I just matched them up, but it was kind of this thing. Like I knew they both had something they wanted. Mm -hmm. 
And all that they needed was like an introduction. And so I think about how that plays out in my life today. And often it is like if it's a client who's trying to do a big strategic planning project or they're at the community level and they're seeking with their colleagues or community mm -hmm. to make change. It's like, how do we connect you up either with the businesses that will help you or the strategy that will help you, but really just getting the pieces together and then stepping out of the way so that folks can move forward independently and on their own. Oh, I love that. And it just, it sounds so beneficial to, to everyone involved. And okay, so I have to ask this. You said that you also had kind of a crush on this boy and you put your needs aside and you paired them up. Um, do you feel like there's ever been instances where you you kind of put your needs aside and, and match match made for someone or something and then kind of wish you hadn't or, or maybe you you minimize yourself a little bit in the process that's a great question so it's hard to tell at that moment you know there's certainly been times where my like as I was gonna say a long time ago but it's not even that long ago where I have my values and so I act out of my values and at that moment there may be a momentary like oh heck I really wanted to do that but my values tell me that I and my beliefs and my life experience is that I never go without so I don't so even if I were to say you know um, Hannah you want something and I'm I could perceive like well if you get that I'm not gonna get it I'll be left out but when I've pushed through that and just said, but the right thing to do here is let's lift Hannah up. Let's give her a boost right now. It has never come back that I have somehow been diminished by that. And it's taken, it takes time and it takes trust to go, you know what, I always do get um, what I need and what I want, even though in the moment I may not see it. And I, I have this conversation frequently with my husband. He'll say, well, you just want what you want. And I says, right. And he goes, and you're going to get it, aren't you? I says, yeah, I just, I don't know when, but yeah, of course, because I'm just going to keep going forward. So I just think things work out even, and I say that knowing that there have been hard times and sad times, but I don't think I have ever given myself away and then thought I'm somehow less than as a result of that. Hmm. Oh, I really love that perspective. And I, I feel like I'm someone, not as much now, but definitely in the past that, that tended to lift other people up and kind of, you know, give other, other people the, the, the spot ahead. Um, but in such a way that I did feel kind of like diminished or small. But when you were talking, I thought, I think that for me, it was definitely kind of a self-worth issue and feeling less worthy and less valuable and, and like I didn't deserve something and giving it to someone and I think your perspective of like I'm not diminished and me lifting you up will be good for all of us and I will receive um you know it's kind of in a way the same action but with such different results and mindsets that it, it plays out really differently in, in your life so I appreciated that well it takes sometimes it takes reflection and going well, that did work out just like it needed to. It doesn't mean in the moment that you're thinking, oh, this is perfect. You, know, you still have to deal with your feelings and emotions. But really, when you can step back and detach a little bit. Um, and there have been times where I have just pushed ahead, you know, and thought, yeah, I'm going after this. Sorry. 
you know, come along, you can come with, but I'm not stepping aside. Yes. Yeah. And I think uh, when you mentioned kind of living out of your values, it's, it's so powerful when you're really clear on what your values and beliefs are. So you can kind of make those decisions about lifting someone else up versus powering ahead yourself. And, um, and when you do it in a way that aligns with your values, I think it feels healthy and right, no matter what decision you make, um, when it aligns with, with what you truly believe and, and feel in your life. Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right, Hannah. You can f- actually, I know when I'm making a wrong decision, for, a wrong for me, not wrong for others necessarily, because I can feel it in my body. It's, I just feel like the resistance or the dread in it because I know I'm going to, you know, especially if I'm going along with something that I'm going, yeah, I, I really don't like this. You know, I can feel it. And sometimes I choose to play it out a little bit, but always comes back to, you have to make the hard choice, Sarah. You have to live for your values. So, you know, make a decision, take the action you know you need to do. Yes. Okay. And so what about when maybe you've made the choice or commitment and, and maybe you just did yesterday or maybe it's a, a commitment you've kind of been living in for years and maybe at one point it was right and then it kind of turned or maybe it was never right as, as these things sometimes go. <laughs> um, but what do you do? when when you realize something isn't a fit or something isn't right how do you kind of determine that it's time to move on boy that's a great question um because i've how i've determined and what i've done has depended on how clear and how capable you know i was to navigate a situation at a time so there was a point in my life where i knew i needed to make a change um it was work related but the work was good. I was getting really good compensation. I was in my um, early 20s and really, really great compensation for that age and way more than I actually thought I deserved to be making. But the downside of the job was the hours and the grind and the, it was taking a physical toll on me. And I, I knew I needed to go, but there was all of that piece that even though it fit for me at one point, the sustaining of it wasn't going to work. But I didn't know what to do. So I actually had to reach out to get some help or some thinking help. And I I talked to my parents, but because they were in that space of we want you to be safe and secure, the (laughs) money looked good. And I wasn't willing to tell them like what the risk to my health were because they're my parents. But I did reach out to one of my uncles who I trusted. And he basically said, you know what you need to do. And he said, and your parents will support you. They just are, they want you to be happy and healthy. So, but, you know, he basically just said, you know what you need to do and do it. So that was pretty clear cut. But then there have been times where I really didn't know how to extricate myself out of a business relationship where I felt that it was shifting and I no longer could be in the role that I needed to be. And at that point, I actually did get a professional mentor and coach to help me kind of parse out what was my stuff to be responsible for, where I was getting stuck in speaking what I needed to speak, and then basically give it back to me and say, there you go. You know, it always comes down to, you know what you need to do. So I'm here to help you. But I, you know, so there've been many times where I've done that in work. And actually just a few years ago, I had a similar thing where great organization, great work, but it was no longer a fit. So when you asked earlier about things not 
being a fit and not knowing when. I just knew because I wasn't taking care of me anymore. You know, it was all up early and grind, 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 and then pushing back family stuff and, you know, making apologies for Mm -hmm. working. And I just thought that's, that isn't my value and it's not what I need to be doing. And that was a hard decision for me because I really valued the people I worked with. And luckily, you know, I made a decision to leave and start my own thing. And luckily we still have intersections in our work and I still value and appreciate all those folks. But I know for me um, that the decision as scary as it was, was for my benefit, you know, and it turns out for the benefit of, people I would have not met or worked with otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes me think of when I was teaching. I hit I hit a point where like I knew, like I just knew internally, like I need to be done with this. Um, but then I somehow ended up back at school for another year. Um, and th- sometimes there's kind of that gap between knowing what you need to do and then like you know actually doing the thing you need to do (laughs) well let me what made you get over that gap though well for that that last year um where I was at school but I just kind of knew that I shouldn't have come back um I was in counseling and, and one of the things that we spent some time talking about was was definitely me kind of finding my voice and feeling the freedom and the ability to stand up and and step out and really own that this wasn't for me. So I think some of it, again, was connected to kind of my own sense of self-worth and value. And that I didn't, you know, need to stay in a job that was kind of, you know, killing my soul. (laughs) It felt like, um, But yeah, so and then so I actually had kind of a transition plan where I was going to be leaving and then my husband um, got offered a job and so we moved to a different state. So um, well, there's your transition. Yes, I know. (laughs) Actually, when I talked in an episode about how I was so glad that I had done all of that internal work and and prepared to make the decision for myself, because I really think that we would have moved and I would have just like a gotten another job at another school because we moved and, you know, position and Arizona has teacher shortages. So it would have been very easy to get it into a classroom mid-year. But I was so glad that I had done the internal work. So even though it was like, oh, like it's just happening. I didn't have to do anything. (laughs) Um, Staying out of school and actually pursuing something that I find much more life-giving, you know, kind of came as a result of having reached that, that inner point of I deserve more and I'm going to seek more for myself. I think it's interesting because similar to you, when you said you found your voice, um, in my most recent transition, I remember sitting at a conference and one of the things they had us do is talk with, you know, always as a facilitator, I do the same thing. It's annoying sometimes to be on the other end of it, but, um, you you know, to talk with someone you don't know. And so part of the conversation throughout the day was to figure out, you know, what change did you want to make, those types of things, and then to actually declare it. And I remember telling this gal, I said, six months from now, I will be out of my company. I will have sold my part of my company back. Mm -hmm. I'll be on my own. Well, this even though I live in a large community, it's not a huge community. And the roots in this community go back, you know, Mm. many generations. So 
you can't believe how many people go, oh, I went to school with so-and-so and so-and-so. Right. So for me, even putting that out there felt risky because mm -hmm. I had no idea. I knew this woman vaguely. She was on a board of an organization. And I'm thinking, yeah, who knows how far this news is going to travel yeah. and what if it gets out. But I will tell you that was the great thing because in my mind, the moment I said that, the clock was ticking. It's like, well, if you're going to be out of there in six months, there's a lot of professional clearing up, making sure you don't leave anything in a mess, get stuff doc, all that stuff. And by the way, communicate with your partners, you know? So um, yeah, I think voice is a powerful thing. Yes. And I, I know for myself that even some of my um, initiative to start the podcast was this like very physical, tangible form of having a voice and, and kind of part of my own little journey there. <laughs> um, Sarah, on your site, you mentioned that you don't feel limited by traditional ways of thinking, which I loved. And I would just uh, be interested in hearing a little more about how you would describe your thought processes. So I would, if I was being honest, which I will be with you, sometimes they're messy. Um, and, but I think about them, I don't think I'm totally unique. I just think that um, I'm very not black and white. So mm -hmm. when someone presents me with like, it's this or this, or this is the situation, and it's presented as finite, or that's just what it is, you got to live with it immediately my mind starts going to, oh, yeah, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> and I may not verbalize it out loud, but it's just it starts clicking immediately, like what could be different here? And so um, I just, <laughs> this is, it'll be random to you, but I remember um, helping a friend move. And she had this old vintage, really cool vintage truck in the garage, but you couldn't move it because she was rebuilding it, right? But there was this bookcase we needed to get past it, and it was heavy. And she goes, this is heavier than, you know, two people can lift and possibly three. And besides that, we can't fit us between the truck and where it is. So I'm standing there and I'm thinking, yeah, that's a problem. And frankly, I, I wasn't that interested in like moving furniture, but I was interested in like, cause she was really creative and I'm thinking, I don't know how she can't figure this out. And all of a sudden I'm looking on the wall and there's a push lawnmower. And I said, can you take that apart? <laughs> she goes, yeah, but I don't know what that has to do with uh bookshelf and I said I think if we take the roller off put it under the bookshelf we can roll the bookshelf down all the way and you know what we did nice. and, oh but it was so fun so it's those random kind of things when you look and go I think that'll work and um, and that's often like when I work with folks and they say I have this problem it's like okay let's think about it what what ideas do you have I typically won't share my ideas if I'm helping coach or mentor somebody, but I'll help them pull it out. Um, the downside of having that not being able to be black and white is that if people want you to be really definitive, um, it can frustrate them because, mm. of, well, we could do this or this. Um, so anyway, but it also helps me stay really open to learning and recognizing that um, all I know is what I know. And as much as I learn and grow, there's still somebody who's going to teach me something every day. Hmm. Oh, that's, that's so good. And it's funny when you're talking about 
um, how, how frustrating it can be when people want like kind of a really tangible, like yes or no, right or wrong. Um, I, as a teacher, I was a middle school English teacher and one of the, one of the big difficulties with teaching English, uh, specifically writing is that, you know, like say we're going to work on thesis statements, we can all have the same prompt. But if I write this thesis statement on the board, it could be really wonderful. But if you write it on your paper, now you're cheating and it's not good <laughs> anymore. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of like we're all technically doing the same thing. But if you get the same answer as anyone else, you've done it wrong. So, uh, oh, that's great. Oh, you know, like you have 30 people in a room and it, like it's just like a very interesting subject to try and teach where no one can have the same answer. And yet there's definitely like good quality and bad quality, but it's very kind of intangible and floating and up, depends on who reads it and what the purpose was. And yeah, <laughs> that's been my, um, actually, I always do these professional development things for myself where for six months, I'm thinking you are going to improve in this area. And because that, you know, is not a natural place for me to be, to box myself in, um, I've made myself do that. So, you know, just today I'm editing some stuff and I'm thinking, okay, really start over. What is the purpose of this and why are you talking to people? And so I'm thinking, <laughs> okay. So it was that, here's my thesis and here's why I'm doing this. But it shifted everything for me. So it's that rigor. I, but when you were talking about that, I remember being in um, my seventh grade English class going over that. So thanks for the memory. Yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, definitely, definitely need a little flexibility in your thinking for the English world. <laughs> you do. Oh, man. So, Sarah, your podcast, because you have your own podcast uh, called No Labels, No Limits, which I loved. And I was curious, what drew you to the idea of getting rid of labels and, and limits? And, and that probably connects a little bit to your out-of-the-box thinking. <laughs> it does. Um a number of things, you know, is the gray answer for you on that. There's, <laughs> as a kid, um, I was taller than a lot of my uh, friends. And, you know, for a number, I'm not the tallest anymore. But growing up, I was taller sooner, um, heavier sooner. And within like academics, I was in front of some of my really close friends and some of my family. So there was these distinctions I was aware of earlier, whether I was on the benefiting end or the non-beneficial end, like you're too tall, too slow, whatever. Or, well, why can't you be more like Sarah, right? Either way, there's a label <laughs> kind of thing. But it was painful because it separates people. And so... And then as I got a little older and people say, well, you're too young to do that. I'm thinking, but I thought of it. How can I be, you know, I mean, it's like, I'm going, yeah. that's not rational to me. I may, it may take me longer, um, but I don't get how you can make that assessment of me. So it's kind of been one of those things that has bugged me a little bit. And then as I work out into the world and I hear people saying, well, it's always been this way. We can't change it. And it's because of X, Y, and Z, which are typically either limiting beliefs or labels we've placed on things without challenging them. I just see, see them as barriers. And so for me, it's a, again, a, 
a test of myself to check where did I limit myself? Because honestly, I have, you know, where I think, well, this is enough. And I'm going, is it really enough? Or is it just enough? Because going further would scare you. <laughs> so, um, and so I think that when we take the chance to say, okay, is that a label I'm placing on myself? And if it is, is it one that benefits me and lifts me up? Or is it one that diminishes me? And do I want to accept it? So I just think we're all better off just saying, hey, I know we label because it helps our brains categorize and put this vast world organized. I'm really thinking of more of the self-limiting types of labels and um, self-talk that limits us because we internalize. And would you be willing to share an example from your own life of maybe a limiting belief or, or label that you've had to overcome? Um, sure. Let me think. There's been, there have been many. <laughs> so a good one, though, is um, I'll take piggyback on your example of the podcast. So I love talking to people. I didn't know how much I liked learning from people until mm -hmm. in my work, I had to do these what are called key informant interviews. It's a fancy way of saying you call someone who's an expert and you ask them questions to learn so that you can pass that knowledge on either in research or communications to other people. Mm -hmm. But what I found was in talking to people, you know, I'd have like, here's the questions that we're supposed to ask. Well, I would ask those and then I'd ask a bunch more because I thought it's germane to what we're talking about and it provides context. And when it comes to like saying, what does this mean? I would be able to say, well, when you talk to these dentists in this area, this is really some of their other concerns that we didn't ask them. So it provides more information. And then I found out there's so many great people doing great work. I want to know more about that. So I, I thought, well, I'm going to interview people. And because I also like having other people out in front, I thought, well, I don't know if I have the chutzpah to do a podcast. So therefore, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because I figured, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I can fail, I can hate it, but I'll be smarter. And it's my investment of time and resources. But then I found out, I loved meeting the people I was talking mm -hmm. to and I was inspired by what they'd gone through and learned and what they could impart to the people that I typically work and interact with in business and in life. So um, that, but that took me getting over the fact that I'm not professional, professionally trained. Um, at that point, I really didn't know the mechanics of it. <laughs> and I wasn't sure I would even be able to do it. And it meant that I would be vulnerable. So mm. I, ha I had to say, okay, you can do that because it's a dream you have, a desire you have, and you deserve to go after that. And, it's, and win or lose, the only, and I truly believe this, the only failure would be not trying. Mm. You know, so um, the other thing I would say is, um, Labels about like not being a good enough parent or grandparent or sister, you know, those types of things because I, you, for me, I can feel like I don't do enough. Um, but then when I started to step back and go, well, you do what you can and you do the best every day. So I don't know what else you're going to do here. Yes, and that kind of uh, leads into, into my next question that um, actually, what do you think 
might impact us more. These kind of um, external labels that society puts on us based on, you know, maybe what they see about us or the more kind of internal labels that we're giving ourselves based on kind of our own judgments and perceptions. That's a tough one because sometimes the line between the two is hard to see, you know, Mm -hmm. so we can, we can start measuring ourselves against the external world and not necessarily know that those are um, external expectations, as you say, placed on what's it, what's the thing you should be. So my example of like not being a good enough parent, grandparent, whatever, those are all a bunch of, this is what the perfect person should be like. Well, what do I know? You know, I've seen a lot of people who aren't like that, who I think are really great parents Mm -hmm. and grandparents. And so I think we can buy into that, but I think it's more damaging as an individual when you label yourself, because on some level, I, and I'm giving you a disclaimer, I am not a psychologist. <laughs> this is just making sense to me in a way that when I don't treat myself with positive labels, even when I'm failing or struggling, when I label myself anything less than capable, somehow there's this sense that I am abandoning the little Sarah who still has dreams and goals. And then what's she supposed to do, right? There's no one out there being her champion saying, you got this. It's tough. It's scary. Um, You're capable. You can do it. And for me, I think the longer term erosion of the self comes from labeling yourself and having those negative internal dialogues or even comparing yourself to things that don't even relate to you or people that aren't like you. Hmm. Oh, I, I 100% agree with that. I'm, I'm going to re-listen to this and, and I, I think there's some really interesting things in there that I really appreciate. So thank you for, for going out on a non-psychologist limb and, <laughs> and, and sharing that. Uh, Sarah, if you could give our listeners one final piece of advice, what would you want to share with them? I'm not very good at one final anything. (laughs) (laughs) I would say expect more from your life than you think you can or deserve to have because you can, and then be willing to be uncomfortable in pursuit of it. Oh my gosh, expect more. I think that's, I might call the episode that I, I really love that. <laughs> that um, resonates with, with me, with who I am as a person. <laughs> um, Sarah, I just want to thank you again for being on the show. If people want to connect with you in business or in life, um, what is your preferred method of connection? Well, here's where the old school comes in. Email's good. No, I'm, <laughs> I, my website is there. There's a contact form on there. People like to do that. And there's a speak pipe on there if you prefer voicemail. But really, LinkedIn is good if you're business or professional because I'm there. Um, I have a Facebook page. So if you know if folks want to find my website, it's sarahbox.com. Not too complicated. Two X's. And then... Um, I'm on LinkedIn, like I just said. And then on Facebook, I'm uh, at Strategic Vision Coach. Okay. And then, of course, the No Labels, No Limits podcast. Yes. And all of those links will be in the show notes. Um, And I would like to say them in case there's people just listening. And 
I want to thank you again for taking the time to be here with us, and I hope you have an excellent evening. Well, thanks. Same to you, and it's been fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Definitely check the show notes if you want links to either myself or today's amazing guest. You can like and subscribe on your player of choice. And of course, I always love if you leave a rating or review. Thanks so much. Until next time, this is Hannah.